Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. That was two years ago, mate. Get over it. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just when we search, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. It is Thursday, August the 16th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. My name is Charlie Clawson, and Will, I don't care about football anymore. I'm done. I'm over it. Let's go do something else. No, it's all about the Saints this week. The, oh, uh, so there's trouble down the in Saint Land. It's crisis talks. The coach is going. There's, there's trouble. Would you say the jungle drums are beating? The jungle drums are beating. The reporters, uh, the buses, the media buses are parked outside. Morabin. Uh, this is the perfect time, Charlie, for me to swoop in with my back to Seaford. <laughs> you think that's the solution? This is it. This is the moment that I've been waiting for. Back to Seaford. BTS. I'm going to start a campaign. I'm going to get it together and I'm going to swoop in when they're at their most vulnerable and take them back to where they truly belong, Seaford. So Nick Revolt was on 360 yesterday and he sort of talked about, you know, what the club's going through and it's a bit of a disaster. Is there a part of you... Like, as much as you love your club and, you know, what everything they gave him and he was like, you know, long-serving captain and stuff, is there part of you that when you leave a job and that job immediately collapses after you depart, there's part of you that's like, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I, was the, I was the guy holding this place together. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm sure that Adam Hills wished, uh, you know, everyone involved in the reboot of Spicks and Specs all the best. But I'm yeah. pretty also was a little bit of when it didn't really work out to go... Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. It was me. It was all <laughs> yeah. about me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Rui as well, there's an element of, because, you know, earlier this season, it was floated that the um, Saints were looking for a sort of Luke Hodge type that needed to go down there, like a, a you know a player who was at the no. end of their career to go and teach the younger players. And I think that... Uh, was you that know, So did you and, say that was floated earlier this year? Yes. Like a, yeah, player, coach, a player coach type? Yeah, that they needed like a, you know, like like Luke Hodge going to Brisbane, the Saints needed to recruit somebody who could come in and sort of, you know, teach the younger players. And I think that if you were Nick Rewalt or if you were Joey Montagna, there's got to be a bit of you goes, yeah, that's me. I was right here. I was already here. What are you talking about? Well, the Saints, uh, 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 part of the Saints news this week is like who they're looking at to draft. And obviously, like, you know, Dan Hanabry and Andrew Gaff's on the table. I'd also like to announce that they've put a five-year uh, contract offer on my table. Um, they've asked if, I, if I'm free for the next five years. I'm, I'm considering it. Uh, I just turned 41 yeah, They weren't really into you, ago. Charlie, until you hurt your back really badly. And then they went, oh, he'll be a prize recruit. Let's yeah. sign him to a five-year deal. He's broken down and his best is definitely behind him. Let's offer him everything. Who have we got offers on the table to? A guy who hasn't been able to run for two years and a guy whose last game of AFL football, he punched a guy in the face <laughs> and broke his jaw. They're our two best options at this point. It's a kind of weird strategy. I don't know if... Our, like, our, our, Is it? Our, Do you think? Our, it's a well, weird no, strategy. No, They're no, putting not, together a fucking suicide squad. No, not the not the drafting strategy. The strategy to kind of have this become like public info. I don't know if it was like leaked to the media as a way to drum up some interest in the Saints, but 
this is not the kind of scrutiny our club needs right now. No. It, it feels to me like you're just inviting problems into the club, you know, mm. through this speculation. And the more that these players don't end up coming to the club, the more I think it reflects badly on the club as well because it just makes it feel like the sort of place that no matter how much you offer somebody, like... It's okay to be like, okay, we're going through a rebuild. We're, you know, everything's fine. We're good at St Kilda. We feel pretty confident about ourselves. And we feel with a couple more pre-seasons and a bit of luck and, you know, some faith in the coach, we're going to be back. Or there can be the sort of thing of going, come to our club. We don't care if you have one leg. We'll give you $9 million for 19 years. And then they still say, nah, I'll just stay where I am. Thanks very much. I'll just hop around in Sydney for like, you know, for $500,000 a year. I'd prefer that than coming to your stupid club. Yeah, it's like when I was in year 10, there was a kid at my school who would go to parties on the weekend and he would go around and ask every single girl at the party if they'd pass him, every single one of them. And he would offer them like booze or he'd offer them to like, you know, take them places or his dad's go up to his dad's farm or whatever. And it's like, mate, that desperation stinks. Like, act more like Jimmy over there, who acts like he doesn't even like the girls, and they all want a passion. Yeah, exactly. Be Hawthorne. That's what a Hawthorne is. Yeah. Why don't, we don't really need anybody else. And then everyone's like, can we come to you? It's fucking crazy. Hawthorne could finish top four this year. Top four. Fucking and Hawthorne. to get a Brownlow medalist. I mean, it's just, fuck you, my cow. I'm really pissed off. <laughs> I mean... I, no, I think this is good for Hawthorne's supporters. I mean, you know, they had that hard six months, you know, and they really, it was some, some real dark times. You know, they weren't, they weren't a happy team down at Hawthorne. It was, it was uh. tough, you know, and, and, you know, now they're going to, you know, finish top four and probably get a double chance. win the premiership and Tom Jaeger O'Meara will win the Norm Smith and Tom Mitchell <laughs> will win the Brownlow and things will be fucking back to normal at Hawthorne. I don't understand, like, where, how can my club be so disastrous and that club be so successful? Like, what is the difference? We've talked about this before on this show, but administrations come and go. Players come and go. It can't be like Buffy, where there's a hell mouth underneath Morabin or something, where just, like, all negativity is sucked into that one place. Like, how can one club underachieve so badly when one club overachieves so much? Well, firstly, Alistair Clarkson is a genius. Like, in a modern-day game where you can't really differentiate that much, I don't think, between the coaches, because there's huge coaching staffs and, you know, those sort of things. And it's been seen from the Richmond experience that sometimes it's about getting the person in underneath the coach who can facilitate, you know, the coach's message and whatever, you know, that, that really gets things to click. But I think Clarko is the exception to that rule. I think it is all about Clarko and how good fucking Clarko is. And I think St Kilda, if they're really serious about it, because you know how there's a soft cap on the coaching department? It's like $12 Mm. million or whatever, and that's all you can use for all your coaches. They should, at St Kilda, just say, uh, we're sacking all our coaches, like all of them, not just Richo, literally every single coach we have at the club, and we've made Alistair Clarkson a five-year, $12 million (laughs) a year offer he can just coach and we don't believe we need anybody else the players can do their own rehab they know where to fucking run we'll just get Clarko I actually had a dream midweek that I was down at Moorabbin and that Richo 
had been sacked and that he was crying. And it was one of the saddest like press conferences <laughs> I've ever seen. Like they made crying. him do the press conference, like, you know, trying to hold it together and, less, and like his lower lips trembling and it's just like, he was just crying having to do this press conference. And part of me was like, well, I guess this had to happen. Like I wish it hadn't happened in such a humiliating fashion, but I've, I felt like it had to happen. And here's the thing. I don't know that Richo is the problem. I think this seems to be the common wisdom is like, where is is the blame equally proportioned around like drafting and trading and players and leadership and administration and Richo or does it all fall on Richo? And I, as someone who's watched the game my entire life, am a terribly unastute observer, so I can't tell what particularly are coaching issues and what particularly are drafting issues. But I don't know, man. Like I feel like I know they've gotten rid of a couple of assistant coaches, but it feels like something drastic has to happen. Like, tell me about the years before you got rid of um, McCarthy, before you brought in Luke Beveridge. What was that last year like? Is it comparable to what we're going through? Yes, absolutely it is. We were rock bottom. Like, I mean, we lost our CEO. We lost our coach. We lost our captain. The couple of years before, we'd lost basically our two best players. I mean, look at Callan Ward. Look at how good... I watched a bit of GWS on the weekend and I just, He's awesome. you can't help but just watch him play and think, I, w- I wish you were still at our club. You should yeah. have been a Bulldog player for like 12 years and you should like have won a premiership at the Bulldogs and yeah, probably should have captained the Bulldogs. And yeah, it just, you can't help but think we were, you know, I think St Kilda are the same. And I think in this game, you can come back really quickly and look, I think you've just got to hope. You've just got to hope. <laughs> but one person, Ends up getting the. Are you talking about Mona Hope? Is that what you're saying? We're just going to get Mona Hope. Yeah, I'm saying Mona Hope. You should get Mona Hope down to the club (laughs) on a five-year contract, (laughs) twelve million a year. Yeah. Just um, someone. We want anyone. Someone, please, just shut up and take our money. It really is. It, it, we are the fry from Futurama. We're just shaking handfuls of cash at someone. I mean, the thing about the Hanabry thing, and I know three weeks ago I was like, don't be idiots, but I'm sort of coming around to that idea of, look, if, you know, Brisbane were never going to win a flag with Luke Hodge coming to them, but it, they hoped in that year or two years they could maybe get out of him and that he could bring on some of those players. And I'm like, well, maybe not on a five-year contract, but let's say we get Hannah's down there on a two-year contract or a three. Well, we probably, to make it worth his while, it's probably going to be at least three years, right? For him to want to leave Sydney. You've got to give him five. Otherwise, we're, why would he leave? Well, because it's longer than what he's been offered at Sydney. Because I think he's only on two years. He's got two years to run at Sydney or a year to run at Sydney. Yeah, well, you play another couple of years at Sydney. Like you hang out with Buddy yeah, Franklin, but you go to the but beach. <laughs> But they're going to be offering him one-year contracts beyond this. Once this original initial contract's done, he's not going to be getting like multi-year contracts. It's only going to be one at a time. So we offer him three. He's not going to go to St Kilda for three. He's, he plays for Sydney. They three play in the years on twelve year. million dollars. He didn't let me finish. Will <laughs> still no, still no. <laughs> and you don't have to play. No, still no. Uh, uh, you mentioned you mentioned uh, the wonderful world of AFL 360. Uh, can I? Um, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Go on. Uh, can I bring up something that happened on the show this week? Uh, we've been talking about this on the radio, but uh, I think you might enjoy it if you didn't see it. Was that uh, Mark Robinson? Mark Robo Robinson on yeah. AFL 360 revealed that during the day he had got a text message um, from his bank and Telstra um, saying that there might have been some sort of security breach. 
and could he just uh, fill in the details and they would fix it up for him. And he sat down and filled in all these details and Fantastic. sent it back. And then somebody hacked his uh, phone and bank account. So Amazing. Robbo. Investigative journalist Robbo. <laughs> Mark Robinson. Somebody said, That's- can we please have your bank details? And he was like... Meh, 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 meh. <laughs> They open his bank details. He's gone. Every transaction seems to be at Liquorland. It's weird. So, what's this place? Kittens. <laughs> <laughs> must be. Must be the Geelong Development Squad. I assume. Now, have you enjoyed the last few days? Uh, we know that you've had it in for Melbourne all year. I was with you at the start. I've backed off slightly, but. It was possibly, in a season of many disappointing performances, this was particularly disappointing. Did you enjoy it, Will? Have you enjoyed the last few days? The hubris? Have they been drinking their own bathwater? All I'm saying is, Charlie... <laughs> You've that- got a big smile on your face. <laughs> I, I watched that game and I could not have enjoyed it more. Like every missed opportunity, everyone they sprayed out on the full, every moment where they could have grasped it and they failed to was, you know what it feels like? It feels like one of those things where at the start of the season, you know, Mm. I had some hope for what, you know, the season would present me in regard to this storyline and everything they've done with two episodes to go left in the season, I'm not going to say it's going to end the way that I really want it to end, but they've set it up so that it can still end exactly how I said I wanted it to end at the start of the season, which was I said I wanted Melbourne to finish ninth and just miss the finals. And if they lose their next two matches, chances are they will finish ninth and miss the finals and they have to play West Coast in Western Australia and they have to play GWS and they have not beaten a team in the eight or a team above them this season and both of those teams are above them. So if everything goes to the form of the season so far, I get what I wanted. But regardless, if they break that in one of those two games, say they go into that final game against GWS and they have to win that, like regardless of the result, whether they get in and they kind of overcome that hurdle or whether they fail again and do that, you know, disappointing Melbourne thing. Either way, I'm happy with the position Mm. it's in. I don't really care which way it goes from now, but I'm, I'm delighted, Charlie. It's put a spring in my step. I, I look forward to doing the podcast all week. You just need to do that chef's thing where you kiss your fingertips like, mocha ben, disappointing. Right. This is certainly I. I'm not an angry Star Wars fan. This no. has played fan service in a season where I wasn't getting a lot of joy out of my team. I've mm. got a lot of joy out of watching. I think every competition competition needs you know the old school Richmond. You know that's all I've yeah. And I'm not saying that I have no ill will towards Melbourne. This is the mm. thing I've had to wrestle with and reconcile. I honestly don't have any ill will towards Melbourne. They're a really yeah. great team. And I think they're full of like really fantastic players. I loved watching them the week before destroy Gold Coast. I thought it was just such entertaining footy. But I think that the competition needs a team like yeah. that to fully realise itself. Comic- and now that Richmond isn't that anymore and Collingwood yeah. isn't that anymore, there's yeah. got to be a natural successor for that position. 
It's like comic relief. Like the AFL, the right. league, the, needs comic the relief. It's kind of like when like Elaine on Seinfeld, when she, uh, the longer that show went on, the hotter Elaine got. Like she's sort of goofy at the start, but then she got more glamorous as the seasons went on. And it's like, ah, it's not as funny anymore because you're not kind of as quirky. We need to like, we need more quirk. And so Melbourne have come along because Richmond got hot. Richmond are like Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy. They used to be the fat, funny guy, but then they got a six pack and now they're a movie star. So it's like, well, we need another funny guy. Uh oh, here comes Melbourne stumbling up the stairs. Right. All our fat, funny guys have got thin and successful. Seth Rogen got thin and successful. Jonah Hill got super thin and successful. We need a schlub, you know, yeah. a fool, the jester. Yeah. yeah. Whereas St. Kilda is like, it's just, it's not funny. It's kind of just sad. Now it's, it's like, Adam, we're like, we're like the Adam Sandler. Like our, our bumbling yeah. about no longer is funny anymore. It's just sad. Oh, um, do you know who the honey badger is? You know, the, he's uh, the, the bachelor, bachelor now, yeah. but he's a former, um, I think this can fit on our uh, footy podcast because he's a, okay. a rugby union player as well. And mm. uh, I just got a message uh, from Amy saying that the honey badger's on her plane. So... <laughs> <laughs> it just came up while I was talking to you. Um, yeah, no, Richmond. Sorry, St Kilda are the sad clown. You know that yeah. famous joke, uh, you know, about uh, Pagliacci. Pagliacci? Yep. I'm aware of it. Yep. Yeah, I heard a joke once. Man goes to a doctor, says he's depressed. Says life is harsh and cruel. Says he feels all alone in a threatening world. Doctor says treatment is simple. The great clown Pagliacci is in town tonight. Go and see him. That should pick you up. The man bursts into tears, says to the doctor, but doctor, I am Pagliacci. <laughs> that's, that's St Kilda. St Kilda a Pagliacci the clown. No, I see. I, I think that's not, uh, uh, that's not right because that would be more uh, appropriate for Richmond last year because you would watch a Richmond game hoping to be amused. I don't think anyone's ever... I don't think anyone's ever... We've always been beneath even that level of amusement. Like, St Kilda is more of a... We're just kind of... Uh, we're like an afterthought. We don't even... People don't watch us to watch the train wreck, to get ringside seats to the train wreck. People just don't even consider us. We're like an afterthought. And somehow, we've been in this league for over 100 years. I don't understand it. And I don't understand why I continue... To do this to myself. You're Hawkeye in the Avengers. Yeah. You're around. Although Hawkeye can shoot straight, so that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I going to say. <laughs> but I'm also hoping that maybe this is part of the great narrative, you know what I mean? Like, the what is it, the night is darkest before the dawn? Like, I'm hoping that this week, because I made a point of not really reading much media this week, because I... I got the sense from Twitter and stuff that there was a lot of Saints chat going on. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to hear people dissecting my team and saying what a disaster the last five years have been and probably this rebuild. This transparent rebuild has been a complete waste of time and we may have to go on another 10-year rebuild. I don't want to know that. I would rather live in ignorance, in hope, Will, that like when the dogs got rid of McCarthy and Griffin got traded and you lost Callum Ward and then the next year. Did you play finals that very next year or you got... Close to playing finals that next year. Yeah, no, we played finals, remember? Because that's when we went to yeah. see them play in the finals. And then we lost. And then, yeah, uh, won the premiership the next year. Yeah. See, that's what I'm hoping. That's You are my inspiration, Will. You are the wind it's beneath my wings. 
It's interesting, Charlie. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about the psychology of what that win has meant to my relationship with football. And we can see how you not having that win, you just can't, it hurts more, this other stuff, because the win isn't there. And it feels yeah. so far away in your life. Um, we were talking Dude, on the radio this morning. It's like you and I used to go to the pokies every week and we'd sit by side by side on the machine and you got a jackpot. And that, I was really happy for you and I was inspired by that. So I've been going each week, cashing <laughs> in my bloody paycheck, pulling the fucking arm on that slot machine. Because it's like, well, I saw it happen to Will. I'm literally sitting on the same machine Will was. Like, what am I doing any different? It was just random that it happened to that fucking guy. Where's my jackpot? <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. I um, We were having a conversation this morning because uh, on the day we were recording this uh, in Australia, the Powerball is worth uh, $100 million, the prize. And so we were saying, what would you uh, give up $100 million for in exchange for? And Eddie Maguire said he'd happily give up $100 million to see the Collingwood win the premiership this year, which is pretty amazing. Like, you know, that's... That's a pretty big thing. Like, I mean, yeah. I guess for someone who earns as much money as he does, yeah. you know, getting that extra hundred million isn't probably as important. Uh, but we said to Das, we said, well, what about you? Uh, would you give up a hundred million dollars to see a Bulldogs another premiership? Now, I've talked a bit about my relationship as a Bulldogs fan to that premiership, but this is Das. This is a guy who's a club legend, captain the club. His dad played for the club. Like, you know, couldn't love the club more. And he mm. just went, nah, I'll just go and watch 2016 on my boat. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Uh, see, I couldn't even do that. But I don't know. If, I, if that was the question, like I, I won Powerball, but I, if I gave it all up, I'd be guaranteed to see the Saints win a flag. I don't know. I don't know, Will. Would it be worth it? You tell me. Would it be worth it? Could I, give up? I can't divide it up at all. I'll give up half of it. I'll give them 50 million. Here's what I would say, Charlie, is that now that it's happened, I would say, no, it's probably not worth $100 million. But before it had happened and someone said, if I had $100 million and someone guaranteed me it would happen, I'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. It's worth $100 million. <laughs> I'll give up. How's this? I'll give up. Can I keep five? I'll give up $95 million of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think five would be good. Five, a few investments. Couple investment properties, nice little nest egg. That'll be fine, and I can also see a flag. Does it work like that? This hypothetical. <laughs> um, Bulldogs were good, um, which are, in they a were. way kind of disappointed. In a way, disappointed me, um, which was the fact that um, draft picks. I, I was hoping. Well, no, because it didn't really move us on. We can't really move on ladder position. Like, right. you know, we're pretty much going to be where we're going to be and it's not going to change too much at this point. But um, mm. the thing that I was kind of hopeful that North Melbourne would still be in the mix. Yeah, me too. It's very disappointing. It was really just, it's funny. When we went to the football two weeks ago, you were like, ah, oh, this is what the Bulldogs do. They play for a half and then they disappear. But the last two weeks, you've turned into the third quarter specialist. That seems to be where you just go berserk. You did it against us, then you did it the week later against the Kangaroos. Yeah, I think that... Um it feels like they've, whatever's happened, you know, what, whatever the things are that have happened, it feels like we're coming out the other side of it. It, it really mm. feels like we're starting to get a bunch of new players. I think the new players have great talent and also seem to have a great enthusiasm for the club and where the club's going. And look, Dale Morris, you know, you couldn't meet a better bloke and a, and a better footballer. And I think that they genuinely 
cared about it being his 250th game and like, yeah, putting in a decent effort for him and giving him a really good win. And that encourages me. Like the fact mm. that they seem to, they played like they gave a shit about each other, which is, you know, that's, that's all you really want to see. And Bontempelli was good. Bontempelli was like, oh, yeah. he was, that's, I was starting to go, oh, like, oh, I remember, I remember know, that. <laughs> I mean, Bontempelli, Lock, Bontempelli playing the hits. Is start, and Lockie Hunter's starting to turn into a, like a Tom Mitchell type, you know, just yeah, like right. just getting a lot of the ball. And then like McRae, you know, got 40. And then suddenly you're like, if Bontempelli and McRae and Hunter, and then you get a couple of those other guys back, you know, who are around that, suddenly, you, you know, you get excited about it again. Did you see the Danny Southern interview on uh, Open Mic this week? No. It's very interesting. You should check it out. I think it's on Catch Up at the moment. Um, but... Uh, He's uh I had completely forgotten about the Peter Sumic incident. Do you remember that? Um where he choked Peter Sumic unconscious over in Perth? I, I look, I mean I remember there being a whole lot of bad blood between West Coast and the Bulldogs like for a yeah. very long time. And I do remember it getting very violent at different times, but I I, I can't remember that specifically. Yeah, because I mean I just caught up on all of this watching Open Mic last night. Because he had Peter Sumich on, I think, last year, where Sumich talked about, you know, he thought he was going to die and he's never forgiven Danny Southern. And then Danny Southern sort of, I guess, had the right of reply. And you see the footage and it's like, holy shit. Like, it's this, so it's a melee and he grabs him in a chokehold and they're sort of wrestling and he sort of falls on top of him. So Sumich lands on his chest and Danny Southern lands on his back, but still with his forearm pressed into his throat. And it only takes like about, you know, 15 seconds and Sumich is out and it looks like he's dead. Like, <laughs> and then they talked about it on open mic and I'd completely forgotten about that era of bulldogs. That was like the unsociable era bulldogs. It was like Credit York, Jose Romero, Libba, like where you guys were the scrappy, scraggy blokes from the West. Yeah, absolutely. That was what the bulldogs were all about. It was like, you just do whatever it takes. Like, you know, you were the boys from the Western suburbs of Melbourne and that was the sort of attitude of like, you know what? Whatever it fucking takes to get shit done. They were hard and they were pretty uh, loose off the field. The Bulldogs, they, they were the two things the Bulldogs were very known for was that they played hard and they partied mm. pretty hard off the field. Well, it was interesting because they uh, showed also the other clip. The two incidents they showed were uh, the Sumich incident, but then the Michael Gardner, which we've talked about on the show before. Welcome to the kennel, where the four blokes, Ellis, Krediuk, uh, Danny Southern, I can't remember the other guy, all went up to 19-year-old number one draft pick, golden boy, Michael Gardner. And the look on his face, like he's shit scared, as you would be, like when Danny Southern comes up to you. But I'd forgotten how kind of violent that turned. There was something like five reports out of that one incident. Uh, there's a couple of punches thrown. Like it's, it, it, it was only what, 20 years ago? Yeah, just 21 years ago. But it looks like a completely different game. Like there is no way that shit would fly today. And good, like I'm all for it. But you, should, you just got to watch the clip just to see the look on Michael Gardner's face. It's like tanned West Coast Eagle, number one draft pick, golden boy, lines up in the gold square and these four absolute rough nuts just to send on him and go, welcome to the kennel. And then it's just on. It's, it's funny because I, you grow up thinking that stuff's completely normal because it's mm. what you see and it's part of what you experience. You just go, oh, yeah. But as you get older... You just think about, like, I think about it all the time. It's like, just because you like playing footy 
and yeah. like you know you and i think the game's a physical game but does it really come with the idea that like you know when you're 19 years old just because you like taking marks and you know taking some speckies and kicking some goals and stuff that suddenly four grown-ass <laughs> men will come over and physically fucking assault you while you're just trying to play footy i don't think that's i mean it, it doesn't make sense well it's kind of interesting because then he went on to talk about the 97 final series and he got suspended in the last round of that uh, the last round of the home and away season. And then I think he did his hammy at training. So he didn't get to play any of those final series, but the suspension was for wrestling. I think you were playing Hawthorne and uh, Scotty West and Shane Crawford get into a bit of a tussle. And then Richard Taylor from Hawthorne runs in as well. And Danny Southern runs in, but of all the instances they show, it is the most nothing thing. He literally just puts his arms around um, uh, uh, Crawford and Taylor and just tries to pull them off West and he gets suspended for that. But there's a clear message from the AFL who are like, we're about to go into the final series. This is like, you know, the jewel in the crown of the AFL. We can't let these dogs, like we can't let them go. They cannot be grand finalists. They can't go all the way through. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but when you see this incident and then you see him get suspended, you're like, oh yeah, I reckon they definitely put their foot down. Uh, I think that over the years, the Bulldogs have been, you know, have suffered at the hands of 50-50 calls like that. Like, you know, yeah. it's not the sort of thing that you... They're a very well, then easy they, team, and I think... Well, then the 2016, the, the, the 2016 grand final evened that up quite well, though, you'd say. Yeah, well, that's good. See, this is the thing. Yeah. As long as it repays itself at some stage. <laughs> it's worth $100 million. Million dollars. <laughs> 95. So Jesse, $95 million and five for myself. <laughs> Uh, Jesse Hogan is out for the rest of the year. That's sad. I know you're a big Jesse yeah. Hogan fan. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it'll be sad that he misses the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I enjoy your dislike. I don't particularly dislike Melbourne, but I enjoy your dislike of Melbourne. <laughs> uh, the, the team that I love to hate, but I get a lot of love for them as well. I do like Jesse Hogan. I'm a Jesse Hogan fan. Um, I'm glad that he won't be around for the disappointment. It's not going to be his fault. This is a good result. What did you think of the Nathan Brown bump on Ad uh, Adam Saad? Nah, uh, I mean, you know, it, like that's, you know what? I think it's one of those things where they gave him the right amount of suspension for it. I don't have a real problem. It, that's just to me, that feels a bit more like part of the game gone wrong than, you know, just punching someone or choking someone to death. <laughs> It was so late. That's the thing that makes you go. Because he was saying it wasn't premeditated. But it's like, yeah. mate, you had a week to rethink what you were doing with that bump. Yeah, but you're running really quickly and you're playing a game. I don't know, Charlie. Like, I can't even run. Like, I just walk everywhere. <laughs> and I still trip over a lot. Like, you know what I mean? And for someone who has trouble picking things up, I drop shit all the time. So... There's a part of me that thinks, you know, it's in the same way as you fuck shit up in traffic when you're driving or any of those sort of things. I forgive people in a moment having a, you know, you take one second, two seconds on a football field and it really isn't that much to make a mistake to fuck something up. And then it can mm. look really, really terrible once you start to slow it down and, and judge it by the way you would normally make, you know, decisions in that moment. Jeremy McGovern. Hero for the Eagles. We're still on the Eagles bandwagon. I mean, that was pretty amazing, wasn't it? I mean, awesome. that was... So great. <sighs> and, and the fact that it was against Port Adelaide two years in a row, like the same ending, is pretty amazing. 
I don't, and I don't dislike Port Adelaide. I mean, I feel like they've got too many injuries now. It's a bit like a Melbourne thing. It just happened at the wrong time. No Dixon, no Ryder. It's it's going to be hard for them. But I thought Port Adelaide was, was when I saw them play the Bulldogs and Charlie Dixon was just massive. I was like, if he can play like that, they'll probably play finals and they they might even go okay in the finals. But I think without him and without Ryder, yeah, I don't just don't think they're quite good enough Port this year. And then uh, Jack kicks ten up on the Gold Coast. Bit of old school Jack Revolt. Strutting and cutting. Ten six too. He could have he could have kicked sixteen. He was I mean, we talked about it last week, you know, the idea that of him emerging into being a absolute champion in his own right. But mm. he is the classic example of somebody who by becoming more selfless has become actually a much, much, much better player individually. How's the handball from Higgins for his tenth? Like, clearly not on. Like, not in the right position. Not even going to make the distance to the handball. That, to me, was like when you used to play junior footy and you just passed to your mates, no matter how out of position they were, you wanted them to kick a goal. Yeah, you know why they play like that, Charlie? Because they're all mates. Because they're mates. They all love each other and they have a great time hanging out to work with each other. In fact, the Richmond theme song should just be the Entourage theme song from now on. It should be, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Instead of yellow and black, everyone should just go, oh, yeah. Oh. Everything works out for them and they're all mates. Yeah, exactly. Jack, Re- oh, no, who's uh, Vinny Chase? Is it Dusty or Jack? Um, oh, that's a good question. Who, Dusty, I guess, because they're both kind of quiet, unassuming. Like the, there's bigger personalities yeah. around Vinny Chase, isn't there? So Johnny Drama yeah, okay. would be... Who'd be Johnny Drama then? Who's the most dramatic one? Jack. Jack Revolt? He's the older one. He's the most kind. He's the biggest personality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's and, yeah, he's Johnny Drama, and, Jack Revolt. And, yeah, no, and that's Trent, right. Yeah, and Trent Cotchin is he. Because he manages yeah, Trent a, Dusty. Yeah. That's so easy. <laughs> Didn't they? Yeah. The, and we said Jack Higgins Jack, is Jack turtle. Higgins is turtle. That's your <laughs> that's your entourage. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's just so easy. Like, it's just so easy. It makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. Yellow and black. (laughs) Oh, yellow and black. I'm trying to merge them together. Maybe Mike Al can do something in post. (laughs) Grand final day. Richmond run out. They've got Jane's Addiction playing live. (laughs) I don't think it's Jane's Addiction, mate. I think it's the music. What do you mean? Well, is that the Jane's Addiction? Do the theme from Entourage? Yeah, the theme from Entourage is, is Jane's Addiction. I'm pretty sure. Is it? Yeah, is it? All right. Mike Howell, can you Google that? Did uh, <laughs> here's the thing you never thought you'd Google on our kind of AFL football podcast. <laughs> Did Jane's Addiction uh, sing the theme song to uh, Entourage to the TV show? Um, while yes. he's doing that, there you go. Uh, did you see any of the Frio Carlton game? I did not. Had Neither no did I. Who who plays for Frio? Uh, don't know. Don't care. There's only one player at Frio <laughs> we care about, Charlie. We know that, and we'll revisit him, I assume, at some stage in Nat Five and Nat Life. But um, uh, I know that Cripps was best on ground for Carlton again. That's what I know. I check I check in to see how Cripps went. That's my basic, my only interest in Carlton. Do you feel uh, that Gold Coast and Carlton should get a priority pick? Yes. Can St Kilda have one too, please? But that, no, but they have to share it. 
they get one priority pick between the two teams and they have to play half a season at one club and half a season at the other. And then at the end of the year, they, oh, now that's yeah. fun. That They yeah. should offer the priority pick, but it's on a timeshare arrangement, perfect for the Gold Coast. So you get a priority pick yeah. on timeshare well, and they get half the season at your club, half the season at the other club. And at the end of the season, they get to choose which club they stay at. So it's up to you during the year to impress on that person that they should be staying at your club. Instead of priority pick, here's what I here's what I suggest. You know when you play junior footy and you'd turn up in the opposition with two players short and so the coaches yep. would agree that you'd have one player from your team play for them just so it was even numbers. I reckon that Gold Coast and Carlton and St Kilda, for the next two rounds, whoever we're playing, we get to pick a player from their side to come play for us for a quarter. So we can get like Dusty playing for us for a quarter. I love it. I love it, Charlie. And I think, yeah, if you finish low enough on the ladder, every well, – well, I mean, what a great way to bring some excitement back to yeah, football. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, can you imagine suddenly seeing, yeah, Dustin Martin playing on Trent Cochin? Like, in the, oh, that's E versus amazing. Vinny Chase. It'd be amazing. Yes. I, I love the idea that you can institute – so it's a weekly thing. Each yeah. week you get one quarter where you can pick somebody from the opposite club – to play for your side. And they so, have so, to play their best. And can you pick the quarter or do you have to pre-nominate? Or is it just during the game? So if you're five goals down, like if you're five, if Jack Revolt's kicked six goals to half time, can you then at half time say, we want that guy now playing for us? So you can use it as almost a negating tactic to take their best player out of the game. I think that's exactly how you would do it. I was watching Top Chef the other day and the challenge was they all had to pick four ingredients for their basket, you know, to make a meal. And then another guy came in and he got to pick one ingredient out of each of his competitors' baskets for his meal. So there was two choices. Do you either just get the one that's best to make the meal you want to make or do you strategically target the key Ah. ingredient in your competitor's meal so that they can't then make the meal that they want to make? So... Yes, you'd be like, do we just take their best player or do we take the player who's kind of integral to them playing well as a team? Do you take Jack Higgins for the joke just before three-quarter time? (laughs) Like you go, yeah, we're We're feeling a bit blue. The boys are feeling a bit down in the dumps. We need some japes. We need some laughs. I think then the great skill with that, then you should should nominate pre-game which player you're going to take. I think it's like planning. It's like, well, you know, uh, generally uh, Tom Mitchell, like he, he starts hot and then he tapers off as the game goes on. So we're going to get him in the first quarter just so we get a lot of, get our hands on the ball. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm happy with a pre-match nomination. Of but remember, be, but, oh. or maybe we even it up where both clubs, that's not a priority thing. Maybe both clubs can pick one player, can swap. It's called swapsies. <laughs> At some point, a siren, a light goes off at the ground and an air horn and it's and a bit on the screen it says swapsies. And two players, like you get to nominate which player you're going to swapsies. Now, Charlie, you're being ridiculous. Your original proposal that the bottom teams will get a quarter from one of the best players on the opposition was a perfectly valid idea that I think we should explore. But this new swap, you're making a mockery of the game we love with this new swapsies idea. <laughs> Should we get some whispers from the West? <laughs> yeah. Um, can I just uh, have a bathroom Take a break? break? Excuse me. Sure. So we're back, Will, uh, with some whispers for the West, which uh, 
we put a call out last week asking people what they would like to be referred to, listeners of this show. We've had a couple of suggestions. Uh, firstly, from Sarah Hornhart, who said, Two Guys, One Cup listeners could be referred to as whisperers from the World Wide Web. Quadruple W. Oh, whisperers from the web, I quite like, though. Whispers from the web. But how do we short that? Do we just shorten that to whispers? Hey, whispers, wispies. Whisperers. Whisperers. It's too many syllables. It needs to be shorter. Hey, whispers. Hey, wispies. Whispers from the World Wide Wispies. Web. We could say wispies, but then it sounds like, isn't that Tim Watson's nickname? Tim Wispy Watson. Then it feels like we're Is just it? doing shout out to Tim. Yeah, I believe so. I don't they call know him Wispy because of his, uh, it's a joke about his hair and the fact that he's uh, thinning. Charlie. Because oh. you know how footballers like to tell each other they love each other by making fun of their weaknesses. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Turn it up, mate. Turn it up. <laughs> turn it up. Get around him. One of my other favorite football cliches is whenever a footballer is talking about something sad, if someone's passed away or something like that, they're always like, yeah, yeah, uh, brings a bit of a tear to the eye. (laughs) I will not acknowledge the the feeling. I will commentate on the actual physical response of my my body to the uh, set emotion. It brings a bit of a a tear to the eye. But it is very old school, and I think that's what Tex Walker's caught in at the moment, is that idea that he's a bit of that, right? That's yeah. your, I think that's a bit what Tex is like, whereas the modern-day way is to you know, share your feelings and kind of you know, put your vulnerabilities out there, and that's how you bond with each other. You know, that was the Richmond thing. That's why they're all best mates, Charlie, because they exposed their vulnerabilities to each other, and they grew to truly understand who each <laughs> other were, and now they're the best group of friends you could ever imagine. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why would I get injured? I'll never get injured because I never want this party to end. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's make Aquaman. And then they did. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> Confusing me. They shot that on the Gold Coast. You're talking about the Gold Coast now? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, number one ticket holder to Two Guys, One Cup, Adam Spencer has suggested that uh, people listening to the show would be called Cupwits. 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 I mean, it feels a little insulting, though, to our (laughs) audience, doesn't it, to call them Cupwits. I like it. But you'd have to, again, I think there's too many syllables. I think it has to be Cupwits. I know. I was going to say Cuppers, but that's just as many syllables. Cupwits. Witters. I want to shorten again. If we're going to say Cupwits, I'd want to shorten it again. So, well, let's do it like a football nickname. We should okay. actually come up with the nickname like you would with a football nickname, right? Quick hands, so quick hands, two- quick hands. <laughs> so you do that thing of going, well, it's two guys, one cup. So you yeah. have some play on the name first. So, that, you know, like... Mud. So they call, you know, Nathan Lyon, Gary Lyon, right? So, yes, yeah. so that's the... You've you got to play on that sort of thing. So yeah. um, what's the guy they call the Whirlpool at Warpool at uh, Hawthorne? He's the Whirlpool. The Warpedo. Or the, Warpedo. the Warpedo. Not the yeah. Whirlpool. <laughs> That the could have worked pool. though. Maybe that was their first draft. Yeah. Maybe like Poppy came in. He goes, guys, guys, I've got it. The whirlpool. And they're like, nah, the warpedo. We're going with that. Uh, okay. So, well, I mean, it's kind of like when you call a guy with red hair, you call him Bluey. If we're two guys, one cup, what would you spin off a cup? Like a mug? You're a mug. We're mugs. You're a couple of mugs. Two mugs. Yeah. What are two mugs? Two jugs. Two jugs. Boobs. We're the boobs. You're a boob. <laughs> No. no it's All right. We're not letting James Sicily in charge of naming anything anymore. So, two guys, one cup. I like that. You, cup. 
two guys, two guys, um, two guys, two guys, two guys, a girl uh, and a pizza place, <laughs> two guys, <laughs> but yes, two guys, a girl and a pizza place. That's perfect. Pizza place. And then we call it Domino's. Domino's. So, do- no. <laughs> no. Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. Pizzagate. Pizzagate. We call ourselves Pizzagate. <laughs> Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, the new Info Wars. <laughs> All right. We'll have to put that on the back burner. Any more suggestions for what Two Guys, One Cup listeners should be called, let us know. Uh, our next email is a genuine whisper from the West. This is from Tim who says, uh, hey, guys, a whisper from the West, or as I prefer to call them, Whisperths from the West. <laughs> you get that? Oh, Whisperths. Yeah. Whisperths. I, I was holidaying in Dunsborough in 2015, driving out to the town towards Caves Road. We, that's my wife, my 11-year-old son, saw a small fire. We reduced our speed and attempted to pass uh, what was a small scrub fire at the top of a very steep embankment. Until I stopped the car to help, during which I had uh, I had to say to them, my family, they look like Fremantle players. They were. I knew who it was. So our car stopped on the side of this small fire on a steep gully on the side. And uh, I should mention that our, our car also has Frio Dockers plates as well. <laughs> we cross over to the other side of the road and there's Luke McFarlane and Tendai Mazungo trying to get to the top of the gully to put the fire out. This was a Frio bye weekend at the time. This was my chance uh, to show... By sh- the way, congratulations yeah. to this person uh, for listening to this podcast. Uh, if you're a Frio Dockers fan, despite the fact that the only Frio Dockers content you get on this podcast is us talking about Nat Fife and not being able to name one <laughs> other Fremantle Dockers player. And we haven't really even talked about the stadium since they got rid of the penises. <laughs> This is my chance to shine in the eyes of two of my favourite players. I took a dash up that embankment, but I came tumbling down, a little bloody, a little bruised, and a little scratched. When I fell at the bottom, they asked me if I was a local. (laughs) When I fell to the bottom, they asked me if I was related to Zach Dawson. (laughs) I wish to this day that I said I had... And I hadn't told them that I was actually in the Frio cheer squad because I hadn't acknowledged that I'd known who they were until that very moment. Oh. Well, there you go. Well, There's that's our pretty Frio, cool, though. That's our, that's our Frio now, content for this week. Is there some allegations that they had started the fire? No. I think it was just they were both, they were both being good citizens, Tim included. They just saw a scrub fire. I mean, who knows? I mean, I bet you what, it's probably that little bastard Hayden Ballantyne. He looks like the kind of guy I'd run around and start a fire, wouldn't he? Little pest. <laughs> Giggling behind a gum tree with a pack of matches. Uh, our next whisper is from Mary. Hi, Charlie and Will. I've only been listening to you guys for the last 18 months. I just wanted to say what a wonderful AFL, not AFL podcast you guys have created. It's the highlight of my week hearing you talk a little bit about football and then going on to major tangents. <laughs> Did you like our entourage run this week? <laughs> Working for a news organization in the image department, I see hundreds of images come past me on a weekend, but none so special as this one. I know we keep saying how good Nat Fife is, but maybe this week we need a special mention of Jack Revolt. Uh, 
I can't remember if it was last week or week before that you discussed Jack's place in the AFL in comparison to his cousin Nick, but this week's performance against the Gold Coast surely puts him as one of the greats. Keep up the great work. Cheers, Mary. And then she's attached a photo, which we'll post to the, the Facebook page, of Jack Revolt saluting the crowd after his 10th goal. And it is indeed a beautiful photograph, iconic photograph. Yeah, no, I've, I know the photo she's talking about, and it was an amazing photograph. And it just said everything you need to know. It's for the uh, front cover of the DVD edition, Entourage edition that we're putting yeah. out. You can just put that there. That's your poster <laughs> shot. That's your glory shot. It's so... Amazing. It's, yeah, so amazing. Um, Nat Fife, the other one that we should, I reckon, give a tribute to because it was an equally good photo and an equally good moment was Isaac Heaney for the Swans. Oh, that yeah. mark that he took. Like, that quarter that he played was just amazing, you know, but, like, down the back line, to take that mark in that moment, it was amazing. Really? <laughs> now, consider me a naysayer, but I, I thought it was a good mark, but I don't know. I, I'm surprised that people like it, that that's mark of the year. I was not... Oh, I, I wasn't like blown away by that. I thought it was a good mark, but I, I didn't think Were it was... Were you watching it live or have you just seen the replay, replay. of the mark? I wasn't watching it live. Okay. You know what? I agree with you that just if you were judging them all as just like marks, but it had a bit of Leo Barry style, like it was important to the game. It was a contextual great mark. And it was over Jesse Hogan in a moment where Jesse Hogan essentially needed to grab it to win it for Melbourne. And instead, young, blonde, good-looking Isaac Heaney, who's playing down in the back line, you know, against a guy who's like, you know, bigger than he is and whatever, not only does the heroic, like, you know, game-saving mark on the back line, but does it just taking an absolute screamer over his head. Like, that's, that's why it was such a good mark. Rob has a Sockgate update. Hey guys, after watching the Crows go down to GWS in Canberra last night, my mate and I attended an event for the Canberra-based Adelaide Crows fans where we were to be addressed by staff and players. Come 11.30pm, Tom Doody and Lachlan Murphy. Who's Tom Doody? 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 Oh, thank you. <laughs> Doody, da 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 That's all I've got to say to you. Anyway, him and Lachlan Murphy <laughs> arrive with their club Minder. They didn't look very excited to be there and Murphy looked like he'd just been dragged out of bed. <laughs> Anyways, I got to ask the question that's on the tip of everyone's lips and I can confirm that Adelaide Crows players wash their own socks, the club washes everything else. Maybe that's that the, the problem at Adelaide. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the key to the season going off the rails? <laughs> the players yeah. have got too much time washing their own socks, not enough time at training. Exactly. Maybe they've just got themselves a, like next year instead of worrying about recruits and re-signing people, they've just got to get somebody to wash the socks. Yeah. Maybe that's Tex. Maybe Tex in a leadership role takes that on board. He's like, boys, we've had a rough year. We need to regroup. And how I'm going to do it is I'm going to show some leadership. Um, I've just gone off. I've done six weeks at a uh, over preseason. I've had a huge preseason. I've been working uh, at a laundromat. Uh, I know how to dry clean. I know how to do laundry. I've been studying under uh, the greatest Chinese launderer in all of Adelaide. <laughs> he's taken me under his wing, uh, Mr. Miyagi style, and he's taught me the ancient and oriental ways of the laundry. And I have brought them back to the club in a leadership role. Andrew Griffiths has sent us a link. Apparently, 
You can buy a Mark LaCroix 3D printed mini league figurine. It stands at 23 centimetres high. 23 centimetres high. So I have a like, Marcus Bontempelli and Eastern Wood bobblehead. Yeah, no, this is like, I think this is like a photorealistic miniature LaCroix. I mean, he is the little Frenchman, but this can be the little, little Frenchman. Yeah, if, if they made other 3Ds, are they also 23 centimetres or are they proportionate in size? So if you got like a JJK 3D doll, is it going to be like 26 centimetres or 27 centimetres? So if you get them oh. both and you want to play with them like dolls, because I, I yeah. don't want one. I don't want just a Marc Lacroix. But if I could get like a Marc Lacroix and a JJK and then I could, I mean, I think this would be a good bit of extra content you know, for our Facebook page, for our web page for this show, Charlie, is if we mm-hmm. can get ourselves a Mark LaCroix doll and a JJK doll and then we could, like, play with the dolls and make them have adventures <laughs> together and we could imagine the life that they have when they're hanging out. I feel like that's the type of premium content that people come to this podcast for. I'd love to see the Caleb Daniel doll as well that's, like, the size of a Lego. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, when you come down in the middle of the night and you don't turn on the lights and you yeah. step on your step on Caleb the- Daniel doll. <laughs> oh, the pain. <laughs> and our last whisper from the West is a bit of Nat Fife, Nat Life. Uh, Virginia has sent us a photo in and it is from Lockie Weller's Sorry, Instagram. I just oh. took uh, my headphones off and disappeared for a second. Okay. Um, I'm going to sit back down because I've just realized that I've had this what? Eastern Wood doll and this Marcus Bontempelli doll that I'm ha- handing out now, <laughs> and I've never made them have adventures together. And I feel like they've just been staring at me, and the whole time I could have just been sitting here going, Hi, I'm Eastern Wood. Hi, I'm Marcus Bontempelli. <laughs> You're very good at football, Marcus Montempelli. I am, but I'm pretty <laughs> humble about it, and I think I'll probably stay at the club forever. Oh, my God, that's the best news ever. Let's kiss. <laughs> Mike Howe, please tell me you're rolling video on that because Will's hair is out of control. It looks like Sideshow Bob flopping around everywhere as he's making two bobblehead dolls kiss each other. <laughs> Call Sydney Confidential. I got a scoop. Will Anderson has lost his mind. Uh, our last whisper from the West is from Virginia, who sent us a link to Lockie Weller's Instagram account. And it's a photo of uh, Lockie and some mates on a boat. And one of those mates is a little introvert, you might know, Nat Five. Oh. Now, while everyone is in board shorts, introvert, shy Nat Five is in a pair of crisp white linen pants and no shirt. I mean, he only went on Weller's boat. They're on a boat? Yeah, they're on a boat. And it's Lockie Weller's boat? I don't know if it's Lockie Weller's boat, but they're on a boat. Okay, they're just on a boat. Yeah. Yeah, they're in Rottnest Island by the looks of things. I mean, Lockie Weller's only caption, it's enigmatic, is Rotto with a... What, what does that symbol mean? A-OK? What's that? That one that I'm doing here right now. What's that little emoticon? What does that mean? Um, well, I mean, if you got your other finger on your other hand and you started putting them together, <laughs> it means sex, I believe. Yeah, no. But it's yeah, the donut. Yeah, it's that's... the donut sign. The donut with the three yeah, fingers. Yeah, okay. I believe it's A-OK. You're right. Yeah. So Lucky Weller's saying they're at Rotto and everything is A-OK because he's sitting next to Nat Fife, who've got to say, like, I mean, look, they're all quite ripped, but Nat Fife is especially ripped in his crisp white linen pants. But he's an introvert, clearly. Doesn't want anyone looking at him, doesn't want to draw attention to himself. Well, you know what the thing was, Charlie? The fires uh, that Matungo had to put out 
those spot fires, they were actually Nat 5 burning his shirts. He, <laughs> he realized he was in such good nick that he had to actually destroy any shirts that he would possibly wear anywhere because he just... The world shouldn't miss out on... It's like, I mean, you don't want to go and see the statue of David and somebody's put a jacket on it, mate. I'm kind of disappointed in this shirt because he is shirtless. He is wearing pants and he is shirtless. And the last time I saw him like this, he also had his brown low on and a beanie. I'm kind of disappointed he hasn't accessorized that way again. I kind of feel like... Like, he should be like Kurt Angle. You know how Kurt Angle would always wear his gold medals to the ring? I think that's how Nat Five should get about day-to-day. That Brownlow should always be around his neck. I love it. On the field. There you go. That's And wouldn't it be great if you're like a multi-Brownlow medal winner and, yeah, maybe you've won a Norm Smith as well. You have to. You should have to wear all your medals. So, like, Joe <laughs> Danaher, when he went, yeah, when you, when you, even for, like, intra-club matches, you know, if they have a medal on the game, if Collingwood are playing Essendon and there's a medal, you should have to wear that medal while you're playing. I've just shared the photo with you on Skype. It should be coming any second now. Once the Australian NBN learns how to uh, send picture files. <laughs> there yeah, you go. Oh, here we go. There All he is. Right. Second from the left. Okay. Well, yeah, mate, I know who Nat5 is. <laughs> you don't need to point out which one of those guys is Nat5. Firstly, you already explained to me he was the one in white linen pants while everybody else was in boardies. So I could have spotted him from that, but also from the fact that he's the only Fremantle player that I recognize. So um, <laughs> that, that, if you told me that was Nat5 on a boat with One Direction, I would have been like, sure. I guess it is. He's in one direction now. Um, yeah, Lockie Weller. I don't know which. For example, I'm not sure which of those three other men is Lockie Weller. I think the one on his left. Okay. All right. And that the one that Nat's not even looking at. This is the other thing about this photo that you. No, really sorry. The one, the one, properly. the one, the one on his right. Oh, the one he's looking at. Yeah. Okay. I right. So. so um, Here's what I would say is the three other people in this photo are all staring at the camera and Nat Fife's doing that. You know, like when actresses on the red carpet, yeah, they look they back looked, over their shoulder so that it yeah. gets their best angle. It elongates yeah. their neck and that that's what he's doing. He's and seeing in, the camera. And what he's also doing is that he's holding onto the railing behind him just so he can flex his traps. See how he's pushing down with both arms just to get that pop in his trapezius muscle? Yeah. <laughs> Mate. Look at the others. None of them know how to pose for a camera. Like one of them's, you know, literally just standing up straight. Like that's nothing, mate. <laughs> like you can't an just idiot. Stand up straight and look at. Like particularly when, let's be honest, his nipples are not quite level. So that's all you can stare at now is the fact that one of these guys, when standing up straight, has sloped down nipples. And then whoever's on the end doesn't even look that thick the way he's standing. He looks like he's, you know, carrying a little bit of weight. And then. Whoever's over on the end, Lockie Weller, perhaps, he's leaning in, you know, with one yeah. arm leaning on his leg. So that's not very – it's too cheesy. And then Nat yeah. Fife looks like he's in vogue. Nat yeah. Fife looks like he's – like he looks like the person he, – he honestly could not be flexing more in the most <laughs> casual of all ways. <laughs> I bet you he is coughing as well. Like he's doing a hard cough just to tighten those ab muscles as well. When he saw that phone come out, he's like, <coughs> just held that. Just get those fucking abs popping. <laughs> Nat Five did not eat one carbohydrate in the week leading up to this trip on the boat. Not one carb. All right, should we look ahead to next week's games? Yes. Mike Halwin, you ready, please? Have you got him there? Or I could just look at the AFL website. 
Oh, here they come. Tomorrow night or tonight, whenever you hear this. I'm hoping it's tomorrow night. Uh, Richmond take on Essendon. Oh, yesterday. The MCG. Or yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Tigers take on the Bombers at the MCG. Friday night football in Melbourne. Doesn't get much better than Richmond taking on the Bombers at the MCG. Essendon are done, are they? Are they done? Like, can they make the finals still? I think mathematically they can, but it's unlikely. Right. I don't think... So, they, I don't think they, they, I, yeah, I don't think they're going to beat Richmond anyway. Richmond just are destined. If I can, I mean, unless the greatest Richmondy twist is is yet to come, but I don't feel it. I feel like this is like Richmond are just just Richmond are just tuning up. This will be a nice little tester. This isn't like a this isn't like a paper opponent, but it's a nice little tester. You know, you'll they'll get tested for about two quarters and then they'll just flex their muscles. Yeah, no, I, I think Richmond win this still. On Saturday, Collingwood take on Port Adelaide at the MCG. The walking wounded, the battle of the injury teams. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one. This because this is the sort of game that Collingwood could could lose. Port need to, but I just think Port are so decimated by injuries, and they're pretty. I I think Port are done. I I yeah, just think Collingwood have too much on the line, and they you know they just have a bit more to play for. So I'm going to say Collingwood. And I think last week's loss really sapped the energy out of uh, Port Adelaide. And I think actually losing to Adelaide, then losing to West Coast. And just Ken Hinckley looks like a frustrated man. I mean, when you think about Ken Hinckley's career, it's been three years of them not living up to potential. Or was it four years? It's been longer than that, hasn't it? So yeah. the, dude, the dude must be feeling a bit hard done by. Like finally looks like he had everything going smoothly and then injuries have just decimated them. I'm going to pick Collingwood as well. The Cats take on Frio at... What's this? What is it called these days? Not Skilled Stadium. What does it stand for again? GMHBA. Uh, GMHBA. It's Geelong Health something benefits something. Gary Gary's mate has big arms. <laughs> oh, they're referring to Tom Hawkins. <laughs> Gary's mate has big arms. <laughs> Uh, Geelong taking on Frio at Gary's Mate Has Big Arms Stadium. <laughs> you know what? Geelong are pretty hard to beat at Gary's Mate Has Big Arms. And uh, <laughs> after the midfield being called lazy uh, last weekend, I reckon they're going to have a lot to prove. So I would say Gary's Mate Has Big Arms. Those big arms will be taking some big marks. And Gary uh, will be playing out of his skin. And Patrick Dangerfield will have an absolute blinder. And uh, Geelong yeah. will win this. And Geelong will uh, make the finals. I think. I feel. Despite. I feel. I feel bad for whatever Fremantle player is uh, locked into a one-on-one, a contested ball situation with Joel Selwood because you saw how Selwood missed that opportunity for the hip and shoulder on the torpedo, or not the torpedo, the warpedo. That's not going to happen. The world's going to. That's that's not going to happen again. The next the next time this ball's in dispute, if you're if you're an under fifty game player, just like take yourself off, call for the stretcher before you even go into the contest, because Joel Selwood is going to crunch you. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. So, um, uh, yeah, Geelong, Uh, uh, Geelong, Geelong, Geelong. What am I saying? GWS take on Sydney at Spotless Stadium, the Battle of the Bridge, traditional rivals. Big brother takes on little brother, mate versus mate. State versus the same state. <laughs> uh, well, who do you tip? A resurgent Sydney, having beaten Collingwood. You never write Sydney off. That's the rule, Will. Didn't you know that? You never write Sydney off, even though we all wrote them off three weeks ago. You never write them off. Or an injury-laden GWS. It's hard to know. 
I mean, tough I just game like to GWS. pick this one. Could go either way. S- and you know what? In the Battle of the Bridge, all bets are off anyway, mate. It's like second only to the Q Clash in AFL rivalries, the Battle of the Bridge. And they are pretty unpredictable games. They both lift. They both want to, like, I, I like GWS and I like their story this season. And I think they're good at overcoming adversity. I'm going to say GWS. Uh, for balance, I will say this one's. Gold Coast take on the Brisbane Lions. Oh, it's the other. It's the Q Clash. It's the other traditional rival match. How spoiled I mean, we are this weekend. What a day of football, Charlie. <laughs> you can go from the Battle of the Bridge as a tasty amuse-bouche to the main course <laughs> Whoa, that is the Q Clash. Up. Oh, sorry. I, didn't realize. I was just reading Mark Lacroix's website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Brisbane Lions, it'd have to be. I mean, Gold Coast are just trash. They are trash, but, you know, maybe they'll lift for the Q Clash. But I would say the Brisbane Lions. Oh, God. St. Kilda take on Hawthorne at Etihad Stadium. Here's what, oh, sorry, Charlie. Just on the Q Clash. I think if um, Gold Coast beat Brisbane... Gold Coast might actually finish higher on the ladder or around the same as the ladder as Brisbane. And the weird thing about that is they've had two diametrically opposite seasons. You would say that Gold Coast, you know, like they're just in trouble and you can't see where the good you know, stuff's coming from. Whereas Brisbane, you go into next season being so optimistic about how good Brisbane could be in the future. And yet they could finish on the same or, you know, mm. even Gold Coast could go ahead, I think. Uh, St Kilda take on Hawthorne on Saturday night. Ugh. I have given look. I've given up last two weeks. I just I, I've put myself through it. I just Chambo's staying with me at the moment. He wants to watch it, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Do I want to watch this? I don't think I do. Uh, Hawthorne by two hundred points. Uh, well, there's a chance that the Saints do it for Richo. You know that they. I mean, there's a chance. <laughs> Sure. I'm not saying that's going to happen, and I'm going to pick Hawthorne by 300 points. <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday, Carlton take on the Western Bulldogs at Eddie Head Stadium. Um, who cares? Danger game. Danger <laughs> game for the Bulldogs. No, I mean, it is a bit who cares. Um, I think the Bulldogs uh, win this one, hopefully. Sunday afternoon, West Coast take on Melbourne at Optus Stadium. <laughs> I know who's going to be tuning into this game. Here's the thing, Charlie. The Bulldogs, when they uh, won in twenty, oh, by the way, I, we'd I, always I, had trouble. I, I didn't tip anyone in the Carlton Bulldogs game. Did you tip okay. the Bulldogs? I, I tipped yeah, Carlton Bulldogs, and that's my lock of the week. Could happen. Seeing Cripps and Bontempelli play in the middle will be worth uh, tuning into that game. I reckon anyway. Uh, West Coast Eagles take on Melbourne, yes, yeah. at uh, Optus Stadium. That's what it is, isn't it? The new yeah. stadium over there. Um, <clears throat> this is one of those ones where if Melbourne can beat West Coast in Western Australia, it could give them the momentum to then really go deep into the finals. Because that's what the Bulldogs did in 2016. It was that game that really kind of was like, if we can beat West Coast in Western Australia, then maybe you know anything's possible. So if Melbourne win this, this could really be the game that sets them up, not just to limp into the finals, but to legitimately think that they can go into the finals and beat any team that's in the finals. Because if you can beat West Coast in Western Australia, then you could win the premiership. 
So that's why it's going to be even more delicious when they fail to do that. And I'm locking in the West Coast for my lock of the week. You motherfucker. I saw that was the longest run-up. That was a Ben Brown-style approach. And I was laughing because I knew, like, the more you, the more you slavished it on him, the bigger the slap was going to be. It was fantastic, Will. Hats off to you. Will is going to make fun of Melbourne, and that's my lock of the week. Last game, Adelaide take on North Melbourne. Adelaide definitely out of the equation. North pretty much out of the equation. North have to win this. Adelaide have got pride to salvage. No Tex Walker? Did he get suspended? Yep. Uh, No Tex Walker. So really, could be anyone's game. Um, I will pick North just because I want to see him play the finals. Yeah, I think Adelaide will win this. Um, uh, I think North may be a done now for the year. And... uh, Adelaide at home, a little bit of pride on the line. They probably need to win this one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's another episode of Two Guys, One Cup that mercifully has drawn to an end. (laughs) If you want to support the show, you can do patreon.com forward slash tofop. If you want to check out any of our other shows, you can go to tofop.com. If you would like to join in the discussion or send us a whisper from the West, you can find us on Facebook at Two Guys, One Cup. Just make sure you spell that with two, the number two, and the letter one, because otherwise you might go to a scary page. Um, thank you so much for listening this far in if you have I love that expression mercifully come to an end we should have a mercy rule for this podcast <laughs> yeah. where occasionally we just go you know what we're done now take a knee but if you've come this far in we genuinely appreciate it um, I'm not sure why you did it but I appreciate it regardless you know we, yeah. we admire your loyalty you, mm. you follow this podcast much like someone follows a team that doesn't have a lot of a success yeah. um, at least your team I- rocks up most weeks I can understand. People who listen to this show, as a Saints supporter, I can understand. You just keep fronting up each week, even though you just served up garbage. You're like, maybe they're getting better. Oh, no. No, they're back to their usual shit. (laughs) I thought they were improving. I was really getting on board. Uh, You know how ashamed I am of this podcast, and I mean that in the (laughs) nicest possible way. (laughs) Tell me how ashamed. Um, I've realized... I never mentioned to anyone involved with football because obviously in my in my day job I uh, meet a lot of people who are involved in the football industry and like players mm. and you know people who are around ex players you know people around football and I never mention to any of them when I'm having a football conversation that I have a football podcast like normally that's the sort of thing you might bring up or you might even try to yeah. get them on or whatever but yeah. I don't want them to know this exists. <laughs> <laughs> you have shows to promote. Yes, sir. Uh, my will legal shows um, are touring around the country again now. So Sydney Opera House, October 13th, and uh, Bendigo, Pakenham, Noosa, Townsville, all on star- sale and some other dates to come. And so I say, play on, not 15. And I say, ball. We are two guys, one car.